Wonderful. Good morning, everyone. Again, nice to see you all this morning. If you're joining us online, I want to thank you for joining us online. Welcome. If you are here for the first time, welcome. And um, yeah, I'm just excited to be in the house of the Lord. How many is excited about Christmas? Christmas is fun, isn't it? Christmas is fun. Christmas is exciting. And when it comes to Christmas, we have all the beautiful decorations and, 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 and all the, the beautiful gifts as well, don't we? How many likes gifts? We all love gifts, right? But you remember as a child, um, I think for, when, when we talk about Christmas for children, it's all about getting gifts, isn't it? The minute you talk about Christmas is the anticipation of waiting for Christmas Day. First thing you want to do in the morning, run down, whether you live upstairs, run down and come and grab your presents and start unwrapping them. And, you know, when we grow up and when we become a parent, it kind of changes, doesn't it? It's no longer about receiving gifts. It's more about giving gifts. Do you agree with me? And there's nothing more enjoyable to give a gift that your child will just open and really enjoy. It doesn't always have to be expensive gifts. I, I remember uh, for our children, <laughs> there have been times when we really put thought through and we got something that they really wanted. It wasn't really expensive, but just, just the whole concept. I remember there was a time, it was a birthday actually, um, we got the gifts, and everyone got the gift. The whole family got together. And honestly, there were so many more bigger and more expensive gifts that uh, my son was opening. But there was one in particular that we got him. And I'm telling you, <laughs> he pushed everything else aside, and he was just playing with that. And it's just amazing, isn't it, when uh, you, 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 your child opens up the gifts. Um, and as a parent, it's just a, it's an amazing feeling when you give a gift that's well-received. How many know our God loves giving gifts as well? And He's really good at giving gifts. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures this morning. In Psalms 84, verse 11, it says, The Lord is our protector and glorious King. Blessing us with what? Kindness and honor. He does not refuse any good thing to those who do what is right. He does never refuse anything good. I want to promise you that. In Matthew chapter 7 verse 11 it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Sadly, a lot of times we don't ask. We don't even ask in advance. We wait until we get in trouble and then we stop panicking and then we rush to God. For He wants to give you. He's a generous God. Listen to what James chapter 1 verse 17 says. Every good gift and every perfect present comes from what? Comes from heaven. It comes from heaven. The creator of heavenly lights who does not change or cause darkness by turning. 
You see, God loves giving us good gifts. I promise you, He loves giving good gifts. Well, you know, sadly, a lot of times we're not good at receiving gifts. We don't receive it. And we sometimes don't even want to open the gifts that He gives us. And, but He's really good at giving them. In Luke chapter 2, verse 12, it says, This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, laying in a manger. You know what? His greatest gift to you and I is or was born in a manger. And that is one of the greatest gifts that he gave us. For God so loved the world that he gave his what? His one and only son. Emmanuel. God with us. This joy that is unspeakable, this peace that passes all understanding, man, you know what, but like every other gift, we need to open the gift, right? And that's what I want to talk about this morning. The title of my, my message is Open Up the Gift. Open up the gift. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you. We want to thank you for your goodness and mercy. We thank you that you're so kind to us. We thank you for the wonderful gift, your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we want to pray right now as we go through this message that you speak to us all individually. We want to hear from you. Father, remove all distractions right now. Prepare our hearts to hear what you have to say. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. In Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 it says this. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is a gift from God. So you and I have been saved by grace through what? By grace through what? That's right. I want to tell you this morning, you know, religion is spelled D-O. You know what that stands for? Do. <laughs> That's what religion is. Do, 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 do. But you know what? Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. You know what that stands for? Done, right? <laughs> That's what Christianity is. It's done. It's finished. It's available for you. You see, there are two different paths every person can take. But I want to promise you, there's only one path to God. There's only one path to God, and that's through Jesus. And the gift that Apostle Paul is talking about here in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, is actually Jesus. He's talking about this baby that was wrapped in, the, in, in, in cloths, laying in the manger. What we celebrate every year, Christmas. And this gift... This gift of salvation, this gift of right relationship with God, is this gift that God is with us, that God is for us, that God is now in us. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? How, how do we open this gift? You see, it's by grace through faith. So what I want to do this morning, I want to break it into part. We talk about grace first. 
And then I'll finish with faith. So we are saved by grace through faith. Now, sometimes we think of grace and mercy as being the same thing, but they're not. They're actually two sides of the same coin. When, when you think of grace, actually, let's talk about mercy first. When we think of mercy, it's getting something that you don't deserve. Mercy is getting something that you don't deserve. Has anyone ever had that experience where you parked your car where you shouldn't have parked, and then you go do your shopping real quick, and you come back, and you see something on your windscreen, and you're like, oh, man, you got a ticket. It has happened to me before. And it's really, I, I deserve the ticket because I parked somewhere where I shouldn't. I think you just can quickly run to the shops and come back, and I'll be fine. So there was a time, <laughs> I actually got in right, right on time where the officer was about to write the ticket. And I got there and tried my luck, <laughs> tried to show him, you know, you know, you know I, I made a mistake. And he didn't show me any mercy. He still gave me the ticket. But you know what? That's what mercy is. If, if he would have said, you know what, it's okay, I'm not going to give you a gift, he would have showed me mercy. He would have showed me mercy by not giving something that I deserve. But when we think about grace, grace is getting something that you do not deserve. Grace is getting something that you do not deserve. What is grace? Grace is, in the simplest form, is the unmerited favor of God. We can't qualify for it. We can't qualify for it. It's something that you don't deserve. And... And, and all you have to do is just accept it and receive it. But you know what? As, as humans, <laughs> it's hard for us to uh, just accept something, isn't it, sometimes? We want to work for it. We want to do something for it. But that's not how it works with God. I want to tell you this morning. That's not how it works. Grace is all God. Grace is not 99% God and 1% you. It's 100% God. That's what grace is. Grace is 100% God. We cannot take any credit for grace. It's all God. In Ephesians chapter 2, let's just go back and I want to read uh, verses 8 and 9. It says, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take any credit for it. It is a gift from God. Verse 9. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Let me read it from the Good News Translation. For it is by God's grace that you have been saved through faith. It is not the result of your own efforts, but God's gift, so that no one can boast about it. And I, I thank God, because you know what? If it was about us... You know, you can get into heaven and you can be like, well, um, I worked my way up here. <laughs> and that's not what God wants. God wants you to completely rely on Him so you can take or boast about it. And I don't know about you, but I always want to do amazing things for God. You know what, what I found, though? It's not my job. <laughs> It's not my job to do amazing things for God. It's, you know what my job is? 
My job is to consecrate myself. To consecrate myself and allow God to do amazing things in me so, I can, so He can start doing things through me. My job is really to consecrate myself. And I want to tell you this morning, that's what God wants for, wants for every child this morning. You see, sometimes it's important because uh, as Christians we can get spiritually trapped. Um, I'm sure many of us have been there, you know, where you want to do more work and you're doing more and you're doing more and you're not satisfied and you think you need to do more for God. So you do more and more and you still get frustrated because you're not finding the satisfaction. You know why that is? Because God is not after your works. He's after a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. And, and what's missing is that you're trying to fill this relationship by doing works, which is not going to get you anywhere. You see, God is just saying to us, just let go and let me be God. We have to learn to lean into God's grace. We have to learn to open up the gift of God, gift of grace. Let me just read um, uh, again uh, Ephesians chapter 2, but I want to uh, read from verses 8 to 10. And it says this, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about this. And Verse 10 is really important. For we are God's masterpiece. Did you know you're God's masterpiece? You are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do all things he planned for us long ago. Did you know God planned things for you long ago? Before you were even born, there are things that God has planned for you way before. In Good News Translation, this actually says he, he has created us for a life of good deeds. Which he has already prepared for us to do. You see, when you are in, in, in union with Jesus Christ, that's when you can actually start doing the good deeds that God has already planned for you and I. But it only comes through a relationship with him. Your job is to consecrate yourself. And then in union with Jesus Christ, you can do the amazing things that God has already prepared for you to do. Emmanuel, God with us. God for us and God in us. Now, Zechariah chapter, chapter 4 verse 6 says this. And this is the verse for someone this morning. The angel told me to give Zerubbabel this message from the Lord. You will succeed. I want you to tell your neighbor, you will succeed. Tell the other neighbor, you will succeed. Don't worry, you will succeed. But not by military might or by your own strength, by, by my spirit, says the Lord. A lot of times we want to do things in our own strength. We don't want to rely on government or rely on our own military forces. But God is saying, no. You will succeed, but not by those things, but by my spirit. When you trust me, I love it, you know, when you read the Old Testament and 
it just doesn't make any sense, right? The military, the way they were doing stuff, you know. And, and God literally put in the military saying, you know what? I want the worship team to be in the front of everyone. <laughs> just think about it. Having the worship team up in the front. Because you want to show us that, you know what? You continue praising me. When you're going through a storm, just continue praising me. Because those praises, oh, things are happening in the atmosphere that you can't even see. I promise you, honestly, regardless of what you're going through, don't ever allow the enemy to speak to you and, and to, to, to tell you lies. Continue praising God, regardless of what situation you're facing. Rely on His strength. Rely on the Spirit of the Lord. But how many agree it's really hard to rely on grace sometimes? We want to be self, um, self-sufficient, right? And sometimes we, I think we think when we are self-sufficient, we're actually spiritually more mature. I want to tell you, that's wrong. That's not the case. And I have good news for you. The grace is sufficient enough. No matter what your challenges are, no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, no matter what circumstances you find yourself, God's grace is sufficient. And I honestly believe this weekend for an extra measure of grace in your life. I love what John Calvin, the French theologian, said. And he asked one of the most important questions that we should all ask ourselves. What is the chief end of a man? What am I created to do? What, what, what am I here for? What is the chief end of a man? And listen to what he said. It's to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. How many agree with me that... The first part, we're all good at. We all want to glorify God, right? We all want to glorify God. We all want to do great, amazing things for God. But I think the second part is where we struggle with sometimes. The second part where it says, enjoy Him forever. And this is the problem with religion. People are so busy trying to qualify for God's, you know... (laughs) God's God's approval through their own works. But it doesn't work that way. So I want to ask you this morning. How much are you enjoying God? Good. How much are you enjoying this relationship with God? Because that's ultimately what we want to do. We want to enjoy this relationship with Him. The gift of salvation is opened only one way. And that's by grace. And all you have to do is receive it through faith. Now, let me just talk about faith. The Bible says that it's by grace that we have been saved through faith. So what that makes faith is the catalyst, right? Faith is the catalyst, is the means by where, uh, is the means, is the way we open uh, God's gift. Whether we're talking about the gift of salvation, whether we're talking about the gift of the Spirit, it's, it's faith that actually is the means to getting what we want. So what is faith? It means to put your complete confidence in something or someone. It means to find favor, to gain goodwill. You see, faith is, that, is the way we bind ourselves to God. And it literally catalyzes this spiritual reaction 
this chain reaction in our lives. The moment that we put our faith in Christ Jesus, a lot of amazing stuff starts happening. The minute you say yes to Jesus and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. But that's not it only. They are forgotten as well. Your sins are forgiven and forgotten. The minute you put your faith in Christ Jesus, your adoption paper gets signed, gets sealed, and gets delivered. Oh, come on. That deserves some praise this morning. The minute you trust, put your trust and you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you accept Him as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit fills us and not only fills us, it makes His home in us. That's beautiful. That's not only it. Our names get written in the book of Lamb. Hey, isn't that amazing? When we, when we enter the gates, our names will be written on that book. So we get, get an access to heaven. But also, the curse of sin is broken. And you know what? All the blessings is restored. Um, <laughs> I was just thinking of how, how I'm going to illustrate this, but I think this is the best illustration I could find. I'm, I've been an Android um, fanatic for many years. I love Android. And for many years, I have so many different Android phones. But this year, I was given this wonderful gift of um, Apple phone, which I'm really grateful for. And honestly, um, after using the Apple phone, I'm converted. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> There's so many amazing things you can do, so many creative things you can do. You can be so much more productive with the phone. And it communicates with all your different Apple devices. So if you've got iPad, your, uh, your MacBook, it all communicates really well. And it's got amazing features. And one of the best features I've found, by the way, I'm not getting paid by Apple. I should be getting paid by Apple because, honestly, uh, I, have, I have converted quite a few people to Apple already. Uh, I should be getting paid, but I'm not getting paid for them. Uh, but um, one feature that I really love is AirDrop. AirDrop is a, a, a way of wirelessly transferring something to another device. So I just love it. You know, I, I do something on my phone, and I want to send it to my MacBook. Just do an airdrop. Boom. It's there. Uh, I want to send something to the computer here. Boom. It's there. It's fast. It's quick. Um, so all I do is just say, I want to share this file. Boom. I, I go to airdrop, and, and, and the device comes that I want to send it to. I press it, and then the person receiving on the other end has to actually accept it. So they have to put a faith in you that <laughs> like you're not going to send them some junk, right? But once they accept it, they put their faith in you, they trust you, and they accept it, they receive their file. And honestly, I think um, that this is a wonderful picture of faith. This is a wonderful picture of faith in the way that uh, things are wirelessly transferred in God's economy. You know, it's a way that we unwrap God's gift. We airdrop them by faith. 
Now, this is a new technology, okay? This is a new technology that we have. But there's nothing under, new under the sun. And this is an old thing. It actually goes way back to Abraham. It goes way back to Abraham. Let me just read it from Romans chapter 4, verse 3. This concept comes from there. The, the scripture says that Abraham believed God. Right? Abraham believed God. And because of his faith, God accepted him righteous. So Abraham believed God. Right? And because of his faith, he got this, 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 this righteousness literally airdropped into him. As a result, he's now wirelessly connected with God. Remember, sin separated us from God. Right? Now, the minute uh, Abraham believed God, and because of his, hate, his faith, he's now connected with God. So, listen to... Uh, just just before, uh, yeah, let me just give you a bit of a uh, John chapter 19, verse 30. But just before I read this, this is the time when Jesus is on the cross, right? Towards the end, where they gave him something to drink, right? And when he had received the drink, it says, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, the word it's finished is actually a Greek word. It's, it's, it's actually teletestai. Oh, I'm saying it right. Teletestai. And it's literally an accounting term. It's an accounting term. It means that it's paid in full. You know, the final installment, the final payment is paid in full. I don't know if you ever had that experience where you have, uh, you know, you're taking on a loan and then all of a sudden you get some money coming in and, and, and all of a sudden you got this money to pay off the loan. You call your bank and you say, can I have a, a final settlement figure? And they do the calculation, they send you the thing and then all of a sudden you, you're like, yeah, I got enough. You pay it and now all of a sudden you're debt free. Jesus said, it is finished. You don't need to do anything else. It is finished. It, the debt is being paid. The final installment is being paid. You and I now are debt free. I said, religion is spelled D-O, do, do, do. But Christianity is spelled done. Because a lot of times we get this backwards. We think... That righteousness is doing something right. Right? We think righteousness is about doing something right. But that's wrong. It's not. You see, righteousness is about Christ being airdropped into our account. Let me just read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the righteousness of God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. And, and look at this. In him, in him we might become the righteousness of God. You see, in this, two scripture, in this scripture, there's actually two airdrops that's happening. Two airdrops. The first airdrop is our sins is paid in full. Our sins is being paid for. 1 John 1 verse 9, it says, If he confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just and he will forgive us our sins and purify us of all righteousness. 
Now, this process is called justification. You know what that means? Just as it never, just as I have never sinned. Justification. How wonderful is that? How wonderful is that? Can we give God some praise this morning? Justification. Just as I have never sinned. You see, our sins were paid for on the Calvary, on that cross. Jesus said, it is finished. Teletestai, the final installment is paid. We are death free. Now we are death free. Just imagine that. But you know what? This is only part of the gospel. You see, the second airdrop that takes place, I think this is really important. The righteousness of Christ is then airdropped into our account. Listen, <laughs> the second part that happens is the righteousness of Christ is then airdropped into our account. In other words, we get credit for everything that Jesus did right. We get credit for everything that Jesus did right. Come on. Isn't that amazing? You see, through what Jesus did, we become the righteousness of God. Through what Jesus did. In other words, everything that Christ did right, we get credit for. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? So what is faith? Faith is that button that we kind of press on the iPhone to connect to the airdrop. Faith is the way we download the promises of God. Faith is the way that we open God's gifts. Let me bring this to a close. What is the gift of salvation? It's a restored relationship with God. That is what the gift of salvation is. Is God with us? Is God for us? And is God in us? Listen what it says in Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Read from the Good News translation. It says, God's plan is to make known this secret. Let me read it again. God's plan is to make known His secret to His people. This rich and glorious secret. There's this secret that He wants you and I to know. Which He has for all peoples. And this secret is that Christ is in you. Christ is in you. Which means you will share in the glory of God. Come on. That deserves some praise this morning. Is this secret that God wants you to know. That Christ, whatever Christ did right, we get credit for it. How amazing is that? In Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, So it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. This life that I live now, I live by faith. In the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. And please hear this. Christ died 
so that he could live in us. Christ died so he could live in us. He wants to live in you. Did you know that the phrase in Christ is actually mentioned 100 times in the New Testament? Over 100 actually. This is our true identity. This is our true identity. This is what I want you to take away today. That you and I are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. That we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We are in Christ. Christ is in me. This is the secret that you and I, we need to know. And we share all the great things that Christ did for us. And it's by His grace, through faith, it's, it's, it is Christ in us that changing us from inside out. It's Christ in us that's changing us from inside out. And it's Christ in us changing us from outside in. So when I have this relationship with God, it's no longer me trying to change myself, but Christ is changing me. A lot of times we want to change ourselves, but we can't. You have to rely on Him. Let Him be in you so He can change you. Amen. I love what A.W. Tozer said, and I want to just finish with this. I love what he said. He said, God is above, but He's not pushed up. He is beneath, but He's not pressed down. He is outside but he's not excluded. He is inside, but he's not confined. God is above all things preceding, beneath all things sustaining, outside all things embracing, and inside of all things filling. He said, this is the nearness of God. Can you just imagine? How amazing is that? This is Emmanuel, God with us. This is the secret. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Can I ask you to stand if you can? We just want to thank God and pray for His goodness, for this wonderful gift, for His wonderful grace. Can I have the worship team back up, please? Father, we just want to thank you. We want to thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. Father, thank you that, uh, you know, we don't have to kill ourselves to make it to heaven. You made it available for us. You have given this wonderful gift. And all we have to do is accept and, and open it. Father, I want to pray for every person this morning that maybe not have accepted this wonderful gift. Or maybe not even opened this wonderful gift. I want to pray, Father God, that they make this wonderful and important decision today to come before you, to accept you, and allow you to come and be part of their life. Father, I want to thank you for an extra measure of grace. We rely on you. Father, we thank you. Thank you. Have your way this morning. Have your way this morning. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen.
nothing too big nothing you don't ask too much God is standing there with arms wide open and saying just come to the altar 
If you are here this morning and you have never accepted Him as your Lord and Savior, the first step is to ask for forgiveness because sin separates us from a loving God. But when you ask for forgiveness, when you put your faith and trust in Him, you're wirelessly now connected with God. You put your faith and trust in Him. So you're wirelessly now connected with God. And as a result of that, you receive forgiveness. But not, that's not only that. Your sins are forgotten. You become a new person. You get your adoption papers signed for. It gets sealed. It gets delivered. Your name gets written in the book of Lamb. The curse of sin over your life is broken. Everything gets restored. All God's blessing gets restored. But it takes that moment of, you, you know, just, just coming before Him and saying, Lord, I know I made mistakes. I know I made mistakes, but I want to come before you. And I want to ask you for forgiveness. I want you to be the Lord over my life. I no longer want to be at the driver's seat, but I want you to be at the driver's seat. I want you to, I want to put my, my, my whole reliance on you. And when you do that, something amazing starts taking place. Oh, you're no longer doing things to please Him, but you're doing things because of a relationship that you have and because God already planned stuff for you to do. Now you're walking in the will of God. But it all starts with that connection, that airdrop moment. And I want to give you an opportunity this morning. If that's you, if you want to give your life to Jesus, maybe, maybe... You have given your life in the past and you've been through some challenges and, and as a result, you've been a bit, uh, your, your faith has been shaken. You can rededicate your life to God. Now, if you are here in this church, in the building, you can come forward and we want to pray over you. God is saying, come to the altar. There's nothing to be ashamed of, nothing to be afraid of. We all have done it at some point in our walk with God. If that's you, just come forward and we just want to pray with you. If you're online, there's a link that you can find in the comment section. All you have to do is just click that link and it will take you to that page where you can sign your details and send it to us so we can get in touch with you. But I want to lead you to this simple prayer right now. But before I do, I want to give you another opportunity. If that's you, and you feel like God is calling you, I'm going to call you forward. Okay, we want to pray this prayer now. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins. And I ask you for your forgiveness. I need you. 
Thank you for dying on that cross for my sins. I open the door of my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins. Thank you for forgetting my sins. Thank you for this new life. I want to pray that you fill me now with your spirit. Take control over my life. It's yours now. I ask that you will change me and transform me and make me to that kind of person you want me to be. I'm all in, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you so much.